Welcome to the Data Whisperer Podcast, brought to you by Data Migration International. The podcast where you hear the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. The Data Whisperer Podcast is hosted by Bill Vall, a technology industry veteran and enterprise software professional. Thanks everyone for joining us today as we continue our discussions about the intersection of technology and business. Today, we're talking about the role data can play in the world of human resources and the workforce of tomorrow. Hello, everyone. My name is Bill Wall, and I'm honored to be the host of this podcast series, The Data Whisperer, brought to you by Data Migration International. I'm always fascinated about how to apply technology to help companies meet their challenges. And having worked for many years in the IT industry, I know the power of data has been driving success for customers for many, many years. In this post-pandemic period, there's a new focus on the function of HR, which is why I'm particularly pleased to be joined today by Stefan Rees, a former colleague of mine at SAP, where he was the head of HR and ultimately rose to be a member of the company's executive board, and now labels himself as an HR punk. We're going to find out what that's all about. Stefan, welcome to the program. Great to talk with you. Thanks, Phil. Happy to be here. You've had uh, quite the distinguished career uh, in the IT and HR worlds. What's your focus today? What what keeps you busy today? Yeah, I mean, these days I had the pleasure to to leave the corporate uh, madhouse and uh, focusing really on uh, investments. So I'm an angel investor for HR tech businesses. And besides that, I'm also working as a consultant um, for many clients. Well, that's great. I, you got to tell our audience, what does it mean to be an HR punk and why do you use that label for yourself? Right. Well, an HR punk is, is something, the movement we've started a couple of years ago, um, actually because of two things. Number one, um, I like the music. I like punk music. And second, uh, which is equally important, is that, that my profession is usually usually considered as a back office function, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a little bit different. Um, and those who, come, who, who are willing to join me on my journey uh, are called HR punks and they are more disruptive. Um, they question the status quo and also being seen as a positive disruptor. And that's all behind HR punks. So what keeps up a CHRO up at night today? What, why the reason for the change and what, what's on the mind of the CHRO? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that right at the beginning of our podcast today, uh, the pandemic situation has changed everything. And especially in my profession, human resources or people, um, it has, in fact, not only changed that you're not working in the office anymore, um, but it also has changed the way how you compete for talent and mm-hmm. how you want to sustain them within the organization. So therefore, a lot has changed for my profession. It seems um, as I look around the tech world, the, there's an intense amount of focus now on the tech stacks in marketing and HR. And these are two disciplines that most people didn't think had a lot of technology, but now it's a primary right. focus. What, what's the key focus in the HR tech stack today? Yeah. Well, number one, Bill, uh, of course, it's automation. Um, because many, many workflows within HR can be more made efficient and effective, and therefore automation plays a big role. But the second thing is data. Um, And data is something which is probably not the natural 
uh, interest of an HR professional, um, which is quite different, for example, versus a finance person. Mm -hmm. So data is something which is very important because this is the business language and HR needs to adapt uh, to that language as well. So when we think about the world of HR, we often think about HR as a soft skills discipline. It's about managing people. Right. As we obviously this the the soft skills piece has to remain, but increasingly data is coming to the forefront. Why is that? Correct. Because Bill, at the end of the day, this is the language the business leaders do understand. Um, think about how finance has come its way. When you think about a function like controlling, it's only about data, facts, and figures. And HR has never been about facts and figures and data. And therefore, this is something we need to change dramatically um, and make sure that the business leaders do accept that also HR people coming to the table with convincing information, which is called data, to make a better business and, and educated business decision. That makes sense to me. Both you and I worked for SAP for many years. So the concept of business process management in HR was a core capability and still is wow. today of ERP. What's happening in the HR tech space around ERP? What are what are CHROs thinking about adding on to those? Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you look at the whole AI movement. This is something which also triggers a lot of interest within the HR profession, right? For, for various reasons. Number one, um, it's automation. Um, a lot of stuff within HR still can be highly automated and be more efficient and effective. And on the other side, with intelligent bots, for example, you can help leaders, employees, managers, um, all around the world, much easier to solve their problems. So therefore, a bot solution with artificial uh, intelligence connected is something uh, really a lot of HR people are looking forward to see. Can you give me a, an example of a potential process that is improved that way? Right, right. I mean, think about coaching, soft side of the house, right, mm -hmm. Bill? Um, coaching is something which has always been labor intense uh, because if you are a coachee, uh, you need a coach and a mm -hmm. coach is not always available. Now, if you have technology at your hand or at your fingertips available, where you get advice, probably not the most sophisticated advice, but advice on how do you communicate? How do you lead? How do you approach your people? How do you motivate your people? And get some tips and tricks through an artificial intelligence spot fast at the time when you need it, I think that will make the difference. I'm sure you're going to tell me though, because I worked alongside you and watched you lead the HR function for many years. Technology does not replace the role of humans interacting with humans um, in either in that coaching or in that counseling or the gut decisions you make around hiring. How do people strike that balance? Yeah, absolutely true, Bill. Um, and technology will never replace human beings to make the right decisions. But at the end of the day, you make a better decision with data and more information. And that's where technology can help. And that's the main difference. I understand this uh, concept of speaking the business language 
uh, again, the world I live in uh, has always been marketing and have teaching marketing people about how to talk to the CFO in a language they understand. I think you're you're taking a similar analogy that HR executives have to be able to communicate with the C-suite in a language that they can appreciate. Absolutely. And I give you one very precise example. Mm -hmm. uh, think about our colleagues from finance. Around the world, there are only two ways how they're going to close the books. Full stop. Two ways. Right? When you have my profession sitting around a table of, say, five people, and you ask them, hey, what's the definition of a talent? You get at least five answers. Mm -hmm. And this is not what the business expects. The business needs precise, correct information to make educated a better business decision. But in, And if, if HR people are already starting um, at the leadership table to talk about, hey, what is a definition of a talent? You're already out of the door. And I think this is something where we can learn a lot from standardizing, but at the same time, also using much more facts and figures um, to help leaders to make a better decision. As you work as an investor and counsel companies on the application of technology to HR, I suspect there are some in the audience who will say, how does the function of HR and the technology side of the business, the CIO, how do they then partner up together? Because HR tech is a foreign language to the yeah. technology side of the house. Yeah. How do you make that partnership work? Yeah. Well, um, um, I would argue, that the, and, and this is not a natural partnership, Bill, the, the best partnership HR professionals can have um, are usually at the beginning with finance, because those people know how facts, data um, mm. are driven. And secondly, when finance and HR come to the table united, it's going to be pretty hard for business leaders to argue against. I give you one example, and I'm sure this has, this has been true in many, many companies. When finance, HR, and a business function comes to the table, and the first fact they're going to talk about is headcount, and all three have different numbers, you're out of the door. Right. Guess what's going to happen if finance and HR always come to the table with the same source of truth and the same source of information? That's a game changer. Uh, it is. I, I'm sure that there are some that will listen to this podcast and say, I already struggle with HR professionals who don't get what I do. If, if they just become numbers people, then I'm losing the advocacy of HR people for uh, the key role they play in engagement and retention and counseling. How do HR people strike that balance? Yeah, well, the good news is this is where usually HR people are educated right from the beginning, university, on the job, uh, further education. They, they are pretty savvy on the people matters topic, right? And they do also have a very good, usually developed a very good gut feeling about mm -hmm. um, where people are. Unfortunately, if the data side is missing, then it's getting gets tricky. So I'm I'm pretty sure if, if leaders or executives are concerned that HR people are going to lose their ability of um, thinking um, along the way of people versus data, they're not going to see that this is going to happen. I'm much more concerned in the education of HR professionals that still data is not a main subject. I um, 
I often wonder about where technology will go next. So if I ask you to think about the the function of HR five years from now, 10 years yeah. from now, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, usually, I, I like the analogy to sports. Um, when you think of a, a professional sports team uh, here in Europe, um, as, you, as you know, soccer is, is the big game. Mm-hmm. Um, we analyze everything. We know how they pass, how many minutes they were running or resting. We know exactly everything. And this is also true in the professional life when I'm in the US and, and I'm, I'm fascinated by the stats, right? Now, bring that concept into the business world. Rarely we have data about leadership. Rarely we have data about uh, engagement. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple of companies have moved to, oh, we'll check the pulse on a regular basis. It's quarter by quarter. Right. But in sports, you do that every single game and you do that real time. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think my profession is moving towards hand in hand with finance, real data, real data, which is accurate. And at the same time, also at present, and not only looking backwards and in the past. As we wrap up our discussion today, if I'm a CHRO and I'm listening to the sound of your voice, I'm wondering, how the heck do I navigate this world of data and HR? What's my roadmap? What's my first step to becoming a more data-aware human resources executive? Well, if, number one, self-reflection. If you, if you believe you're not data savvy, um, invest time. Um, educate yourself, get a data analyst team installed within HR. Um, This is not very common these days still, unfortunately, but I can see that many who have done that over time, it doesn't only help their internal customers, but also themselves to get more data savvy. And therefore, I would argue, spend a lot of time with your colleagues in finance, learn from them, but at the same time, implement maybe also a very small team or maybe one person who can help you on the data side within HR. I think that's fabulous advice. Stefan Rees, thank you so much for joining the program. Great discussion. Welcome, Bill. All the time. Thank you if, well. you. if you'd like to engage with Stefan directly, he has a great LinkedIn profile. And of course, you can always use the hashtag HRPunk, which is kind of interesting. We thank so much uh, for having the this HR Punk with us on the podcast. And we, I thank all of you for joining us and listening to our podcast series, which will continue to take a regular look at the latest news from the world of data and digital transformation. We encourage you to join in the discussion and we'll have details about how to engage with Stefan and us as our program wraps up today. For everyone on the Data Whisperer podcast and at Data Migration International, I'm your host, Bill Wall. So long and talk soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Data Whisperer podcast brought to you by data experts, Data Migration International. You can find out about our business and services by visiting jibs.com. That's J-I-V-S dot To follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, simply search for Data Migration International. Stay tuned for further podcasts in the Data Whisperer series from Data Migration International.